Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. So thankful, so thankful. Look with me in Luke chapter uh, 19. Luke chapter 19. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to what? Rejoice and what? Praise God. How? With a loud voice. Why? For all the mighty works they had seen. Saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven. Glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd. Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones will immediately cry out. And I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight on backup praisers. That if you don't praise God, God's got some backup praisers that'll praise him for the things that he's done for you because they can witness their stones of testimony of God's faithfulness and God's goodness. Praise brings the realization of God. Praise brings the revelation of God's word. Praise brings the manifestation of God's spirit. And it's a very important subject in the Bible. It's not a Pentecostal thing. It's not a charismatic thing. It's a Bible thing. And when we understand the power of praise and Jesus was coming into the city of Jerusalem and as he was coming, the people were just releasing, the Bible said, with a loud voice, mighty praise unto God. They were unashamed. They were praising him for his mighty works. I don't think it was quiet. I know it wasn't. The Bible said with a loud voice. We had somebody, I can't remember if it was this church or the one in Gainesville or somewhere that used to bring a, a decibel meter. <laughs> was it here? It was here. And, and they would hold it up when we were breaking the decibel sounds. And, and I, I don't want it to be uncomfortably loud, but I, there's always somebody who's got a problem. It, forget the sound system. Ever, you can't ever please everybody on that. But I'm talking about when people around you start praising God and and, and it gets on your nerves. And so there was a decibel man, meter man, that was a Pharisee. You know, there's always the critic. There's always the critic. Anytime you start doing something loud and big for God, there's always the critics. Just get used to it. There's always the people who are going to raise their voice. And they're going to tell you how Jesus, Jesus, you should rebuke them, they said. You should quieten them down. This is out of control. This is fanaticism. This is unnecessary. We should be more, less emotional and more into the deep, deep theological truths of the word. But these people were feeling joy. These people were feeling praise from their heart. And Jesus says the most phenomenal statement. He says, I tell you the truth. If these don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. 
And I almost wish that he would have said, let me show you. Shh, everybody be quiet. Wonder what the rocks would have said. Amazingly, some of the most dynamic events in the Bible happen at a rock. And so I'm going to let the rocks preach. We're going to call this a rock concert. And I'm going to let the rocks preach tonight. And if you don't choose to praise him, God's got backup praisers. And if you don't give him glory for the small and great and mighty things that he has done in your life, God says, I've got rocks that will witness that I'm faithful in that area that you're being quiet about. And so I'm going to turn the microphone over to the first rock. Would you like to testify? Because these people in Orange County tonight are a little quiet. Would you like to give God glory for mighty works? I've been waiting I've been waiting for centuries to preach this message. I'll never forget. I was, this is the rock talking. I was in the desert. And I remember that man, Jacob, came. He was desperate. His brother was trying to kill him. All hell was breaking loose in his life. He had no direction and he didn't know what he was going to do. And he laid his head down on me and used me as a pillow. This is in Genesis chapter 28 in case you think I'm making this up. And I'll never forget when he laid his head on, my, on me like a pillow. That night, God gave him a dream and he saw the dream and I saw the dream. And the heavens opened up and a ladder came down from heaven. And angels were ascending and descending. And all of a sudden, he had a dream that changed his life. And the next morning, I'll never forget, he was so moved that he built an altar. And he took me, the rock that he slept on, and he put me on top of that altar. And then he did the strangest thing. He took oil and he poured it on the rock. He poured oil on the rock. In other words, he was thanking God for an anointed dream. And God gave him not only a dream, but God gave him an anointed dream. And I want to say to you tonight that if you can't think of anything to praise God for, I'm preaching to people in this room who there came a moment when God gave you a dream. You aren't supposed to be where you are. You're not qualified enough. You're not talented enough. You're not gifted enough. But God gave you a dream. And more important than the dream, he anointed the dream. And when you have an anointed dream, it's unstoppable. When you have an anointed dream, haters and critics can't stop you. When God anoints your dream, he raises you up and nobody can put you down. And if you don't praise God for your anointed dream, I've got a backup praiser here tonight and he'll testify that God gives dreams and he anoints those dreams and the dream will come to pass when it's anointed. Somebody give him a great praise if you believe it. I thought that was a good praise from that rock. But I'm looking in my little bucket up here and I see another rock. And I'm going to let him testify. What's the Lord done for you, Mr. Rock? Has the Lord blessed you? Has the Lord done something for you? Oh, I'm so thankful for this opportunity to lift up the mighty name of Jesus. 
because I'll never forget. I was in a desert. It was dry. It was barren. There was nothing alive around me. There was nothing but tumbleweeds and cactuses and rattlesnakes. And I was a nobody and a nothing. Nobody even knew that I existed. But one day I heard this loud commotion and I saw two and a half million Jews coming toward me, coming out of Exodus, coming out of, uh, out of Egyptian slavery. And they were thirsting to death. I'll never forget their tongues were swollen. Their animals were about to drop dead. Their children were thirsting to death. They were all dehydrated. And I'll never forget they were murmuring and complaining and talking about how Egypt was better. And Moses, that old preacher, took his stick. And I'll never forget it. He hit me so hard with that stick. Preach, brother. And, 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 when he, and when he hit me with that stick, all of a sudden I felt... Something like a river of living water began to turn over inside of my belly. And I opened my mouth and out of my mouth water started shooting out of the rock. And I'm here to testify that God can turn a desert into a river. I'm here to testify that if you've got a need, God can meet that need. Without, a, without any credit, without any money, God will supply. And God can turn a desert into a river. And you know it because you've experienced it. But if you don't praise him, he's got a backup praiser. And the rocks will cry out. If you've ever had God meet a need, lift your voice and shout for the river still flowing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I'm about to get myself happy tonight. I'm not going to let a rock cry out for me. I've seen him provide. I've seen him make a way. I've seen him make the desert bloom like a rose. I've seen him do it. And when, he, when it happens, you're not supposed to be quiet. But you know, I see another rock in here. I'm running a little short on rocks. I see another rock in here. <laughs> you gotta, gotta go, go with the flow. <laughs> It looks different if you look at it from this angle. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Rock, what would you like to say tonight? I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for I'll never forget. I know you've heard the testimony of Moses Rock. And I know you've heard the testimony of, of Jacob's Rock. But I want to testify about Joshua's Rock. Because I was on top of that wall that was impregnable. I was on the walls of Jericho and we watched them come and we watched them go. But they could never tear us down. But I'll never forget when the army of Israel and Captain Joshua came across. And he told them don't say anything for six days. Just march and go in circles. Sometimes it seems like you're just going in circles. But thank God you're still moving. Thank God if you're still moving, you're still alive. Even if you haven't seen everything God, you want God to do, you're still alive if you're still moving. And I'll never forget when they started shouting on that seventh day, they shouted with such a loud shout that the rock beside me started trembling. And the rock on my right side started trembling. And all the rocks under me started trembling. And the next thing I knew, we fell flat. And I looked up and I saw the Israeli army taking the first city in the promised land. I watched those soldiers step in and they went into the place that God had prepared for them. And I'll never forget how God brought the walls down. 
And if you've ever had God tear the walls down, the walls of poverty, the walls of denominationalism that kept you bound and you couldn't praise God, but you got the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the walls of, of limitation, the walls that held you back, the walls of addiction. And you know what? I'm preaching to people that the walls of racism said you can't be who you are and do what you could do, but God tore the walls down. Don't you ever worry about a wall? Anybody builds it. If God says you're going to have it, you're going to have it. And I'm preaching to people that have seen the walls come down. They said you couldn't do it. They said you couldn't be it. They said you'd never win. They said you weren't educated enough. And those walls stood there defying you. But look at you tonight. And if you don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. Everybody who's had a wall fall, give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 I've watched them fall. I've seen them fall. In our church in Georgia, we were all white church, only Caucasians, white peoples. That's all we had in the South. There was no city in our, in, there was no church in our city that was mixed. That was diverse. But we just kept preaching Jesus. I don't preach a black gospel to try to win black people. I don't preach a Hispanic gospel to try to reach Hispanic people. I don't preach a white gospel to try to reach white people. If you just lift Jesus up and you love everybody, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. The walls will come down. And you don't have to shout about it because you didn't go through the criticism. But I'm going to tell you something. There's no wall the enemy can put up that God can't tear down flat. Somebody's facing walls tonight. But if you'll shout, God's going to give you a stone of testimony under your feet. Somebody take a praise break and thank him. I'm, I'm almost. I just got two more rocks. Oh, I see another one. This is a small stone. Would you like to testify? They ain't making much noise. Would you like to cry out? I would love to cry out. I tell you, I was, I was sitting in the mud in the bottom of a river. I got in the river. And the river... The current got so strong, it started flipping me and tossing me. And I had so many rough edges, but as the river got a hold of me, it would break off the rough edges, and I lost that temper. I lost that anger. I lost that hatred. I lost that prejudice. I lost that cussing people out. If they pulled out in front of them, give them a half, half a peace sign. I lost it. I lost it. I lost treating my wife ugly. I mean, I, I, all this stuff. It just, he just started smoothing me out. The river has a way of bringing the fruits of the Spirit. And you become gentle and you become kind and you become patient and you become long-suffering. I was hot-tempered. I was mean and ugly and mad and angry. But the river kept tossing me and kept working on me and beating the rough edges until I became a smooth stone. But I was stuck in the mud. And I'll never forget. This is a stone preaching. And I'll never forget. I'll never forget that day that the shepherd reached down into the stream. 
into the brook and pick me up. If you're tired of being stuck in the mud and not going where you're supposed to go and doing what you're called to do, you need a shepherd in your life. It had the talent. It had the ability. It had all kinds of potential. It even had a miraculous destiny, but it took the hand of a shepherd to get it where it was supposed to go. And God's way of, put, of projecting you into your destiny will be through the hands of a shepherd. I still believe everybody needs a pastor. And I'll never forget I tell you, I didn't know where he was taking me. I didn't know where I was going. He threw me in this dark bag and it went dark and nobody noticed me and nobody told me how wonderful I was and nobody told me how important I was. I was just kind of put in a dark place called the shepherd's bag. And I'll never forget one time it felt like the pace was picking up. It felt like he was running and there were four other rocks in there, but the shepherd's hand picked me. I, I want to say, if there's anybody here that's grateful that he picked you. I, I, I don't know why I get to preach because there's a lot of great preachers, but he picked me. I don't know why I have the opportunities that I have, but he picked me. I, I, many are called, but few are chosen. And I didn't choose him. He chose me. Anybody know he picked you? If you know it, praise him. If you don't, the rocks will cry out. He picked you. Don't act like you got yourself there. He picked you. Well, you don't understand. I'm really good at what I do. There's 14 others that could do a better job if we're looking at natural. But he picked you. And I'll never forget when he put me in that sling and my shepherd released me. That's the only time you ought to leave. The only time you ought to leave. If you don't say amen, I'm going to hit you. I'm about to release somebody. I feel this. I'm about to do a skip and hit three of you. I'm going to try it one more time in this section. I said, the only time you ought to leave is when the pastor releases you. I thought so. <laughs> you never hear 50 demons splitting off and starting a new hell. I'm still preaching. I'll never forget when I was flying through the air and I looked up and I saw that big-headed, corn-fed <laughs> Goliath. And I said, I'm so small and he's so big. I'm so little and he's so ma you know, magnificent and huge. But God picked me. And I hit him right between his eyes. The rocks testified. And God used me to kill a giant and the Lord sent me to tell somebody that it's time for another giant in your life to die and if you've ever had God slay a giant hold it hold it hold it hold it 
If you've ever had God to slay a giant in your life and you choose not to praise him, even though you have taken its head off through the name of the Lord, he's got a backup praise. There's a rock that'll testify giants still fall. How many of you have seen the giant of cancer, the giant of financial need, the giant of a child on drugs, but now they're saved? Some giant in your life fall. Can you give God a praise? Don't you let the rock take your place. I'm almost done. But one more rock wants to testify two more rocks. Wants to testify, this rock is sharp. It's got edges to it. Would you like to testify? I would. Take the microphone. I'll never forget. They called themselves Legion. For they were many. And they possessed the man. And... He would run through the tombs and tear his clothes off. And that's when he picked me up. He began to cut himself with self-hatred. Self-destroying, destructive, suicidal spirit. He cut his face. He cut his throat. He cut his body. He cut his legs and his arms because he hated himself. And those demons would would cause him to try to destroy his body by cutting him with me, the rock. Many people tried to help him, but Mark 5 said no man could tame him. No program could make him stop taking drugs and snorting coke and shooting up heroin. No, no program could make him stop getting drunk every night of his life, drinking his life away, his home away, his marriage away, his business away. Nothing could stop him from destroying his own life. And I was part of it. I had blood all over me every day as he cut himself. But then this tall, lean Galilean came to the shores of the beach. And when he came, I'll never forget how the man fell at the feet of Jesus and began to worship him. And that's when he dropped me. And even though we had 2,000 demons, nothing is authorized to stop your praise, including 2,000 demons. Nothing can stop you from worshiping God if you want to worship God. And when he began to cry out and worship God, Jesus cast the demons out of him. And I'll never forget when he put me down, he got his right mind back. Jesus set him free. He was clothed and sitting in his right mind. He still had the scars that I put all over his body. But I'm here to testify that God uses people with scars. Because he went back and won his city and won his family. Because just because sin and life has scarred you doesn't mean God can't use you. And if you've ever been delivered from drugs or some horrible addiction or suicide, self-hatred, depression, the good news is you ought to praise the Lord because if you don't, there's a rock that'll testify our God delivers. 
because deity and demons can't stay in the same place. One more stone. I want to testify. In John chapter 8, I was there. They called a woman in the very act of adultery. And the Pharisees dragged her and threw her at the feet of Jesus, wanting to punish her. If you want to punish a sinner, don't ever throw them at the feet of Jesus. Throw them at the feet of a mean denomination. Throw them at the feet of some of these Christians on Facebook. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care how high, holy, how many degrees you got. If you're mean to people, if you're ugly to people, if you're criticizing people, think you got a license, you got a big old telephone pole in your eye and you're always worried about the toothpick in somebody else. If we were to look at your life, we'd find some junk. But, but you're always criticizing people. You got the problem. They threw him at the threw her at the feet of Jesus, and they said, "Now Moses and the law says." And I was one of the rocks. I was in that mean Pharisee's hand, and he said, "Moses and the law said we should stone her." What do you say, Jesus? And I'll never forget. Just when he was gripping me so hard, ready to throw me and hit her in the face, Jesus said, let he that is without sin cast the first stone. And you know, then he started writing something in the sand. And the Bible doesn't tell us what he wrote. But I'm going to give you my theory on that. I think he wrote, Red Roof Inn, Pharisee number one, last Friday night. With the sister in the praise team. 7.59 p.m. And all of a sudden, whatever he wrote, you know they would have kept playing the hypocrite. But whatever he wrote, oh my God. They started dropping the rocks. And I remember my, my sister, she got dropped. And my brother rock and my first cousin rock. All those Pharisees dropped the rock. And then, and then Jesus was the only one. You know, he was the only one left with a rock because he had never sinned. If he wanted to, he could have thrown it. But he dropped his rock. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go. And sin no more. You're free from guilt. You're free from sexual addiction. You're free from shame. You're free from, from the guilt and the condemnation that comes with it. You're free. I set you free. And I think what he probably wrote in the sand was grace. Mercy. Calvary. And I've just come tonight to tell you that if you don't praise him for his mercy, 
Well, I've never committed adultery. Well, have you ever looked at anybody with lust? You want me to throw you and hit another rock? Hit you with another rock? Have you ever had thoughts you shouldn't have? Then you ought to be the biggest praiser in this room. Don't you let that rock do all the praising. You've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ and there is no condemnation. My God. No condemnation to them that are in Christ. I want everybody in this room who can say, you know, I know it's a rainy Sunday night in Orange County, but God has been mighty good to me. And I'm really behind. And before I expect him to do anything else for me in my future, I think I ought to thank him for what he's already done in my past. I want you to get up on your feet. I want you to lift up your hands and I want you for the next 30 seconds to open your mouth and don't you let a rock take your place, but lift up your praise to him starting right now. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.